Welcome to The Final Preacher, your weekly award-winning live streaming now to YouTube podcast where we talk about the Bible, make a playlist, occasionally premiere a new song, uh, and sometimes talk about the NBA. I'm Matt Cato, pastor at St. Mark's Lutheran Church in Los Angeles, California. And I'm Zach Pierce, I'm the pastor of Lutheran Campus Ministry at the University of Colorado Boulder, home of NBA uh, professional Spencer Dinwiddie. Yes. Oh, I got news about Spencer, but I don't, I don't know if I can share it on the pod. It was, we shared, got it was shared in public worship. So you could go back and watch St. Mark's worship service. <laughs> I'll dig. I'll dig uh, for that. Yeah, it's good. Zach, we just spent the last like 15 minutes, 20 minutes. Was it 20 minutes already? Talking about documentary. Mm-hmm. Zach, there's so much good. Con- we talked about this NBA uh, Chicago Bulls documentary. We didn't even talk about a Coachella doc. Coachella doc was pretty good. That was good too. I didn't expect, like it had some really interesting, like here's this like alt rock beginning. Yeah. And then, and then here's like this EDM phase. And then this hip hop thing at the, like, I was like, Oh, this is really, this it was, was really it was, good. It was different than I expected. It was, it was stuff in there. Yeah. And then you saw uh Huel Hauser for like a brief it. moment and you did a deep dive. You found it. Right. That's right. <laughs> Huel Hauser is featured. Hugh Hauser host of uh, KCET. Uh, which is kind of PBS, kind of not. They like left PBS or something, public TV in California. Uh, uh, Joe Hauser, student body president at the University of Tennessee uh, and legend. Uh, had a, yeah, yeah, yeah. Him and Hannah are buds uh, and supporter of the libraries. Uh, his estate wow. actually funded a library at Chatham University. But for many years, hosted like a California history. I don't know. What would you call it? Like a, yeah. It's called California's Gold. And he went around to all these weird places. And he's a hilarious character. In 2008, he visited Coachella. He got on stage with Dwight Yoakam. Because evidently, Dwight Yoakam played at Coachella, not at Stagecoach. <laughs> uh, and parts of it hold up really well. And other parts do not. Especially the part where he marvels at someone who is asleep on the ground in the EDM tent. What he says is asleep. Uh, and someone... Uh, maybe he should have had a producer that was not himself to say, Hey, this is not, let's not put this yeah. on public TV. Yeah. I haven't even finished it, but I, I, man, I was so thoroughly enjoying it. My favorite line so far. I mean, I texted you where he's like, um, this is a hot ticket, literally and figures. <laughs> <was good. laughs> Just the way he says it. But then he also has this conversation shortly after that with this woman and she's like oh yeah we come every year with our kids and then uh, he's like was there some place that you meet them and she's like oh yeah yeah we meet here at the end of the night and then he's like well i hope you find your kids <laughs> they're, they're, and then he and then he realized it's almost like he realizes it sounded bad so he's like i'm sure they're having a great time <laughs> it's great go watch you've been it. Oh, dancing all night <laughs> How do you do that? <laughs> it's incredible. Like if you didn't, if you were just like, I wouldn't believe you that it existed until you said it to me. Like, cause it just seems I like. I couldn't either. I should have. What, what if we did an SNL sketch with you? Like it's real. It's a real thing. <laughs> I do. Uh, I enjoyed that, that particular part of the documentary as well, Matt, because it had got me to dreaming about a day. Uh, not like these days where I'm stuck in the house with my small child. Uh, whose birthday is on Sunday. So we're going to have to figure that out. Uh, she is excited. She's telling everyone that we are getting a jalapeno for her birthday. Uh, <laughs> she means pinata. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're working on it. She, well, she's in that bilingual school. so She's at the bilingual school. So they'll, they'll sort it out. Um, Maestra Gabby. Um, but, uh, but above one day, Matt, where not only can perhaps you and I go to Coachella, uh, 
but but perhaps there's a day where we can take our our our, our uh, gaggle of children together uh because i think one it sounds fun but two it'd be a great way for us for me personally to avoid having to spend as many chips on getting to go if it's a family thing right <laughs> do you think that's gonna like do you want to go there and watch your child as well no, 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 no. We're going <laughs> to, no. Uh, you know, when they're the appropriate age. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, the age okay. of, uh, of reason. Is that the, and we the say, theological we'll term? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Yulhauser, the ghost of Yulhauser says, I'm sure you'll find them. It'll be good. I'm sure they're having a great time. Good. Good, good. Uh, so I'm missing Coachella, obviously. So I decided to wear my Coachella shirt, my Coachella hat preparing for this uh but also uh i've got two little quick notes i got a shout out uh number one fan of the podcast number one listener of the podcast ben adams number one it was his birthday a couple days ago uh but i'm inspired by ben matt i've entered the sourdough universe that sourdough life i'm living it um it's like having another child except this one you like and isn't nearly as annoying uh just kidding just kidding but I did it. I made a loaf. It looked good. Did you see the picture of it, man? Yeah. Uh, I'm a little jealous. How do you have time for this? Uh, I don't. I mean, that's the <laughs> punchline, probably. <laughs> but it was good. It turned out. It turned out nicely. I'm thinking about uh, students don't really listen to this. Uh, so I'm thinking about maybe doing some like baby bowls, boules. Uh, and doing some bread deliveries. You know, Megan is creating like paintings uh, spoilers that students might be getting in the mail soon, uh, like note cards and stuff, right. With, with some caring messages on it. So that might be happening. Um, so shout out Ben, Ben and Bon Appetit have helped me to do this. Um, well done. Well done, sir. No, I'm, I'm jealous. Not, uh, not a lot of people know this cause I don't often talk about it, but I actually was born in the Bay area. And so, uh, sourdough, yeah, very, very near and dear to my heart, but I have not yet taken on the challenge, the sourdough challenge. Mm. The other, other important update to mention here, Matt, is that I am now fully living uh, the living in the future. Uh, we have acquired and installed and successfully used a bidet uh, here in our house. That's right. It is a reminder of our baptism every time. We sit down. It's lovely and refreshing, Matt. Uh, so, yeah, I'm into it. I mean, you know, appropriately so. Like, not, you know what I'm saying? It's refresh. It's good. Good. We should all bidet. <laughs> good. Good. should all bidet. <laughs> Next time you come to the house, Matt, you can, you can okay. try it out. I don't know. I don't, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> we're removing all the toilet paper, so we're going to have to. Oh, God. <laughs> Is that going to be like the ELCA Young Adult Challenge for next Lent? Like this year, oh, it was like some of these plastics. Next year, it's like, hey guys, give up toilet paper. <laughs> yes, I think we can make this happen. I'm more. I mean, it's so wasteful. It's just really wasteful. Let's. It's bad on. for come the plumbing, Savannah. right? It breaks down our 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 utilities and makes us uh, do infrastructure more quickly than we need to. We're talking about this because it's Earth Day, and our Earth Day fifty challenge to you is give up toilet paper. For a whole year. Time is relative as you're now experiencing. We are 14 Jeremy Baramies into the quarantine. Uh, tomorrow's week six, or this is the last day of week five, week six for me, six weeks of uh, wow. 
living here. Uh, Restrictions are loosening here, Matt. Churches are starting to have some conversations about uh, what the future is going to look like. Are you all having to have some of those conversations? Like the the stay-at-home order from the governor has an end date now here in Colorado. Yeah, yours is like the end of April, right? Yeah. Ours is still May 15th officially, but... um, you know what I'm hearing, even from even from our bishop, is that like it's not like on the Sunday after the 15th we're all going to yeah. go back to church, right? Because all these some might say not more than 10. You still might say uh, vulnerable populations should be sheltering in place. Well, that's like mm-hmm. half of the church crowd, right? So you don't want to be encouraging those folks to come out. So I I think that next phase is going to be challenging, right? Like everybody says, stay home. Okay, well it's frustrating, but at least the instruction is clear. The summer is going to be a lot more complicated, I think. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, uh, um, you had a meeting, uh, with folks on campus there, the university of Southern California about the future. Um, yeah, we don't know. I don't think anybody knows. That's the, the disconcerting part of, of things for us from a campus ministry perspective is not knowing what, and not knowing when we're going to know, you know, yeah. I sound like I'm, I'm, I'm the author of the gospel of John. <laughs> So just yep. uh, hanging out until we can see more about what the future is going to look like. Yeah. I can't, Im- I, I don't know how you go back into dorms though, Matt. That's the, if yeah. we're taking these like half steps and stuff, communal bathing. Yeah. I don't know what that, how you half step into a dorm situation. Yeah. They were suggested. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. It's, I know. Do you know what would be nice? I think it would be really helpful as we like try to take half steps back towards life. Uh, is uh, an abundance of testing that would be helpful that's my reading between the lines people come here matt for multiple reasons they want uh hot new music uh and music from the 80s and they want uh high gospel takes and they want nba talk and they want amateur uh epidemiology um epidemiology uh my reading between the two leaves here matt between the lines is that the recent decision by like our governor to start re slowly reopening things is an admission that we are not going to have enough tests within any sort of like realistic time to safely open things back up. Uh, so we're just going to have to like half step it forever. Wow. Stuff. Yeah. That's interesting. That's yeah. That's really interesting. Yeah. California is a little, <laughs> yeah, this is, this is so down a rabbit hole, but um yeah, California, like what, what the announcement was that they were the, they're the first, we're the first, we, we, I'm going to claim it, are the first state uh, claim it, man. to now, to now be offering testing for those even without symptoms. So they're, I think they're really pushing hard and we're going to be a nation state. That's what our governor is saying. We're a nation state. So <laughs> we're just I'm not ahead. opposed to a Western United States. <laughs> you got you your, know? you got, we're not a part of your agreement, um, but yeah, I, I like that West Coast agreement. <laughs> So in the midst of this uh, strange time, before we move to the text, can I make a confession? Let's make Here, it. This is, this is not the, the confessional copyright, Naughty Boltzweller. This is the final preacher. We but launched gonna, her podcast career, really. We did. We did when you asked her how that portico life was going. That's good. Um, Zach, I'm going to leave our beloved revised common lectionary behind for a few weeks. Son of a... I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it because I don't like these texts. This is why I think <laughs> bad things happen like plagues and pandemics. And, it's a sign. And 
of our unfaithfulness to the lectionary. Here's here's my pitch for a pod, future podcast sponsor, uh, a sanctified art, who I believe you have some relation to some of the people involved in this. Oh yeah, your spouse does. <laughs> you can ask her. I'll uh, ask her. Um. So they do these. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah we're genetically yeah. connected. I mean, not yeah. me personally, but my household. Yeah. See. So they do these uh, lovely, like visual arts, poetry, different things to accompany your uh, your texts and your seasons. And they often follow the lectionary, like if it's Lent or Advent. And then they offer like some special series. So we're using this series called Unraveled, Seeking God When Our Plans Fall Apart, just because I really love to have some art uh, and devotional mm-hmm. to lean into that I don't have to make up myself, especially in this crazy time. So that is just kind of fun for me. And the, the theme is just really, really nice. Uh, and some of the stories that they're using are pretty good. So that's what we're going to do, at least for the next couple of weeks during Easter. Uh, so, hey, you need the podcast to promote you. Thanks, by We're it. Check it out. Check it out. There you go. Matt. But don't worry, confession. I'll still talk about the texts. I'll still talk about the texts. With you still talk about the text. I just wanted to What's come the clean. text for this come week? clean. Well, I get to decide, right? So there's like 12, and then uh, I can just kind of pick. You've killed God again. It's crazy. And it's crazy. Installed Matt. He gets to decide now. Well, I got to do, so the first, so uh, Doubting Thomas is in here. So I used, I used all the resources for that last week. Uh, I'm going to do Road Domaeus anyway, because I just love the story, right? There's enough there to work with. Uh, and then for this Sunday, I think I'm going to do Jeremiah 29, 1 to 7, uh, which they say, encouraging the Israelites in exile to plant gardens and build houses when dreams unravel. And I'm going to do that because Jeremiah 29, 7 uh, is one of my favorite verses to the Bible, one that I carried with me for a long time. So I feel like I've got a sermon already packed away for that one. I'm excited. It's going to be good. But I just love all the visual, like there's all kinds of visual art and stuff, and that just fires me up. So I recommend it. Even if you don't want to leave the lectionary behind, uh, check out the resources for other seasons. Cool. It doesn't matter to me. Uh, I'm not preaching. Uh, I'm available. Not, although, mm-hmm. yeah, I've seen people offering their digital services lately. Yeah, you so want to buy a preacher sermon, much... holler at me. <laughs> you, you've got you a much some wider sea. Just cast your net into this sea of the internet. Dear internet, if you want me to talk at you, holler. Uh, I won't wear that hat. We've we've now promoted a sanctified art and Pastor Zach Paris come to your church to preach for you. Well, Matt, this uh, time of quarantine is a good time to face our fears. Let's take a look at the text that you are afraid to preach on this week. Let's do it. Where do you want to start? You got to start with the gospel because the other texts are so... I mean, Acts is all right. Like, it's a nice little, it's like, but the thing is, like, even within Acts, it's like an interlude. And it's like this yeah. nice little, like, interlude, but, like, it's not a story. But none of them are this year. Like, they're all, like, preaching texts yeah. from Acts. There's plenty of stories in Acts, RCL. It's literally right. called Acts. <laughs> right? This <laughs> is a description of events. Uh, incredible. Incredible. All right, John uh, 10, 1 to 10. See, hey, we this criticize is like, the uh, lectionary just as much as... Is narrative or <laughs> we do. Uh, so this is like Good Shepherd Sunday, right? So the psalm assigned is Psalm 23, and the gospel is going to talk about shepherds. How many Good Shepherd Sundays are there? It feels like there's 87 of them. Like it gets talked about, like as if there's Good Shepherd Sunday is this one Sunday. Uh, but it feels like there's 43 of them. Hey, here's a suggestion for you uh, from Sierra and Maya. 
who just watched Toy Story 4 for the second time on Sunday and who love Bo Peep, big fans of Bo Peep. Mm. Uh, and they said, oh, she's, she's like a shepherd. So if you want a different image for the Good Shepherd this year, hey, maybe use Bo Peep, particularly the go. Toy Story 4 version where she becomes like an action hero. Try it. Be good. Well, I've got a number of questions here, Matt. So let's, I don't think... Here's the issue with calling a Good Shepherd Sunday is it takes yeah. what it, we're about to learn as an incredibly complex and mixed <laughs> metaphor and reduces it to the idea that Jesus is a Good Shepherd. But let's get into it and see whether that holds water or not. Uh, Jesus said, we're in the middle of John here, 10th chapter of John. Jesus said, very truly, verily, if you will. Uh, why that's important, just a little note here, is that Jesus is putting his honor on the line. Uh, right. So he's, he's leveraging all of his honor to say this and we're in this honor shame society. So that's a big deal. Uh, so we include that, uh, very truly. I tell you, anyone who does not enter the sheepfold by the gate, but climbs in by another way is a thief and a bandit. Okay. We got a sheepfold, which is like a little paddock, a little fenced in area, stone gate, uh, stone walls with a gate. And the only way into the sheepfold is through the gate and not climbing over. That makes you a thief and a bandit. Not a good thing. Okay. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. I'm assuming this is in addition to the sheep who also enter by the gate. Uh, But a non-sheep that enters through the gate is the shepherd. Uh, The gatekeeper opens the gate for him. All right, Matt, we're getting into some Ghostbusters territory. All right, there is no Dana, only Zool. Are you the key master or are you the gatekeeper? Uh, So we've got multiple characters here uh, that we're going to have to tease out. Because we've got the gate, we've got thieves and bandits, we've got shepherd of the sheep, and to this point we have the gatekeeper. Uh, Also we have the sheep, which is important to keep track of. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, which I assume is the shepherd. The sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he has brought out all of his own, he goes ahead of them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. They will not follow a stranger. This is a double negative, which is used to emphasize uh, how true this is. They will not follow a stranger, but they will run from him because they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus used this figure of speech with them, but you're not going to believe this. They did not understand what he was saying to them. Uh, So again, we'll just, we'll get all the way through this. So again, Jesus said to them, verily, very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. Okay. Uh, So we had posited that Jesus was the shepherd or perhaps the gatekeeper, but no, Jesus says, claims for himself, the gate itself. Uh, I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and bandits, but the sheep did not listen to them, uh, which doesn't seem true. Uh, I think the sheep have listened. Uh, I am the gate. Again, he is the gate. Whoever enters by me will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Matt, you got a little red button you got to push here. Uh, oh, no. Do you know what this makes me think of? What's that? A quote from our dear professor, Dr. Craig Satterley, who I remember saying uh, this little phrase, light mist in the pulpit. Heavy fog in the pew. Lights <laughs> in the puppet. Heavy fog in the pew. Jesus uh, might well take that advice. Light mist in the puppet. Heavy fog in the pew. Uh, Matt, I think this might be uh, another episode of Let's Talk About Sheep. <laughs> Let's do it. Welcome to another edition of Let's Talk About the Sheep. We need to talk about sheep facts, agrarian metaphors that are sensible to understanding the Bible, especially the New Testament. Matt, we all love sheep, right? There are lots of, we all wish we had a sheep during the quarantine. You can get milk off a sheep. 
literally shepherds were entitled to drink the milk of the sheep they were tending as part of their take. Uh, you can get clothing and wool. You know, if you can't make sourdough, Matt, you might use this quarantine time to learn how to uh, weave and knit uh, and create lots of, of, of textile fabrics and arts that you could make a profit off of. Uh, and if worse comes to worse, you can always eat a sheep uh, just straight up for its meat, high source of protein. Lots of good uses for sheep. Here are the things I think you need to know about sheep to understand what's going on here this week. Uh, that is, historically, in the Bible, uh, shepherds are good, right? Uh, theologically, throughout the Hebrew scriptures, uh, God is considered the shepherd of the people. They use that metaphor a lot. Moses is considered the shepherd. David is the shepherd. Uh, but it is important to know that by the time of Jesus, shepherds uh, had lost some of their their luster. Shepherds were not uh, cool dudes, almost exclusively dudes, uh, but they were uh, pariahs, social outcasts, uh, because they were away from home at night. They had to stay with the sheep all the time. Uh, and because they were away from home at night, they could not protect their wives uh, or protect the honor of their wives. And so they were dishonorable men and were also considered to be thieves, which is interesting because Jesus is compare is contrasting a shepherd against a thief. They were considered to be thieves because they often would, would graze their flocks on other people's land. Uh, so not only is this thing complicated in just trying to figure out the physics of who's what and teasing out the metaphor, but one of the things to be aware of is that Jesus is redeeming, uh, is comparing himself to a, a bad dude. Uh, to like uh, people enjoyed it on the Instagram uh, are, are putting the uh, home robbers, home burglars into prayers of the people last week. It's the same kind of thing. I am Jesus. That's basically where this metaphor ends. Uh, and with that, I think that's been, uh, that's the end of our episode. Good up. See you next time. Good up. Let's talk about the sheep. I could have used a little more uh, animal husbandry talk, but maybe next time. Oh. Incredible. So Matt Fogg missed the video game missed that I played a lot of, but never understood. Uh, should the preacher try to take this thing apart? I feel like you'd have to spend a lot of time and energy taking it apart. Right. Well, and especially right now, right. Where uh, your sermon ought to be short. Another option. You just, you take this and you jump right over to the Psalm, Psalm 23. You just start yeah. reciting Psalm 23. Everybody goes into a trance. It's lovely. You're good. Your people, your people like the Psalm 23. Is that a big part of your? Oh yeah. Yeah. Are you not a fan? No, it's just not like I, uh, the way your colleagues and congregations talk, you know, it's, uh, yeah, not as, as central to pastoral life of college students. What would be, is there a similar, like, is there a text that would be that text for college students? Right. So like, so I know that there are a couple of things that I could use in um, in a lot of settings, particularly with with adults, where like Lord's Prayer, Psalm twenty three. I mean, almost like if you look at the Catechism, you're like, Ten, what is it? Ten Commandments, Lord's Prayer, Apostles' Creed. Like, really, uh, mm-hmm. Psalm twenty three could replace the Ten Commandments, and everybody would be yeah. fine with it. <laughs> uh, is there a text like that for your ministry? Um, probably, I mean, a part of it is not having the time to have it so embedded in you. Um, and the lack of kind of catechetical instruction that like, that my mom, you know, had where she went to catechism classes with notebooks and had tests and all that kind of stuff on Mm -hmm. those, on the 10 commandments and the Lord's prayer on the apostles creed. Um, but if it is, I'd go with like that St. Francis of Assisi quote is a money quote. You can like lean on that way, you know? 
preach the gospel at all times if necessary use words um, oh nice prayer of good courage works in our our setting is as close as we yeah. get to them i mean i think it's much more contextual than it is like just for young people when i was at the university of tennessee uh where whose most famous alum is clearly Hugh hauser john t Rowe, uh who was on the live stream and had did great it was really good stuff you should check it out had written a lot of the the liturgy stuff and john had left and so there had been this like uh, staff transition over a number of years and so the student leadership, uh, especially there, was looking for some stability, as all students are anyway. But when staff had turned over a bunch, the thing they had clung to for that stability was some of John's liturgy pieces. So if you're a senior and you've been through all of all of the normal sort of like uh, uncertainties of college and then the staff transition, uh, if you did not sing John Tiro's Lord's Prayer, you get murdered in the middle of the night. Uh, or just right at the like Oscar Romero style because it was so important to them, but it's hyper contextual, right? Like if you weren't a part of that community, you wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't know about them. Right. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Um, it makes and sense. I, I get a I sense that, yeah. I get a sense that like the, the, the mountain vespers, uh, prayer of good courage gets a lot of probably works that same way. It works like that way for us for a little bit. We haven't used it as much lately, but I know that like up in the Twin Cities with Kate, it's a big part of their weekly worship and is uh, they sing it together, I think, via Zoom and stuff. Um, so there are these little, there are certainly those things that exist, but they're more hyper-contextual, kind of a summer campish sort of way. So maybe to build off of that a little bit, um, that sense of life. So everything is, uh, everything is rounders everything around you is moving. And so you're looking for some stability, much like the earthquake we had uh, in my neighborhood last night where everything starts shaking and you're just grabbing to the wall for some stability. Uh, this might also be a time like that, right? Where like everything around us is pretty unstable as we started by talking about this podcast with. So it might be helpful to, to grab onto a familiar metaphor, um, you know, in a different contextual time, it might be the time to like, hey, let's mess with this metaphor because there's a lot of like complexity here that we could like start to really mess with the metaphor, but this might be a time to grab onto the the familiar piece. You can challenge it a bit. Like I'm not saying don't, uh, you know, don't preach the gospel, um, but know how powerful those metaphors can be even now. Right. To say something like uh, if like, for example, if Psalm 23 or this image of um, the Lord is my shepherd is powerful for your community um, or whatever that might be to say, yes, even now in this time, you know, the Lord is my shepherd in my home when I'm sheltering in place, or the Lord is my shepherd when I'm going out to do the essential service at the grocery store or in the hospital. That, 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 can, that might be a powerful way to play with that image, right? The world around us is crazy enough at the moment that then let the image, let the image of stability go out into the craziness. Whereas if it was a different contextual time where the world was relatively stable, then you might have the image be unstable, right? Like, I wonder if that there's some, something to mess with there. Yeah, how I would get there, and I may do it um, in my email to students this week, um, for us is to go through, to lean into, well, the only thing that seems really clear to me out of this very crazy metaphor, or just mixed metaphor, is that Jesus is the gate. Um, he says it twice, I am the gate, I am the gate. Um, and so the only way into this community is through Jesus, Um and perhaps that first sounds kind of exclusionary to our ears, uh, but but it is intended as I think John intended as a very inclusionary thing that it's 
this is compare and contrast. This is a contrasting thing, right? That, that what makes you a part of the community is Jesus, not uh, the rules and regulations that the religious authorities of the day had come up with to decide who was inside and who was outside. Uh, Jesus is tearing down those walls here. And this is uh, if we, and perhaps not a sacred text, but a thing that's the heart of our life as a community is that students have probably heard me talk a number of times about the kind of theology behind our weekly gathering which is to say that on campus that that students are are striving or searching for belonging for a sense of belonging. And that most of the ways we've come up with to know that we belong is that you have to prove it somehow. Um, right. That if you're going to be on an MBA podcast, you got to be able to, to know where Horace Grant went to college. Uh, you got to have an opinion on Bill Cartwright. Um, you got to do all those things. Uh, perhaps these days, like in my neighborhood, uh, one of the things that my wife and I have enjoyed doing is judging the hell out of people who walk past our house. You know, like, I don't think they're living together. They're walking too close. They're not wearing, he's not wearing a mask. He should be wearing a mask, you know, uh, <laughs> to prove he's a good person and a bad person, right? Um, and that, that the goal of our community in particular and the goal of the Christian community is this revolutionary thing that says we belong first because Jesus is the one who does the belonging piece. Jesus is the one who makes us to belong. Uh, and so it's not our job to either prove ourselves or to vet people to know that they belong. And so maybe this is a helpful, I'm sure this sermon has been preached a million times when people aren't or in this uncertainty and, and everything's changing. You're not in the church building and all that kind of stuff. The, one of the, the realities of my life with a three-year-old uh, has been virtual church is not a thing that we can really do uh, because we don't have the attention span for it, right? And so perhaps it's a word of grace to say, you know, it's not, it's not, your, it's not our inability to do Compline every night that, um, that makes us outsiders, but, the, but it's the, the promise that Jesus is the one who makes us insiders. And that, I think, can connect to the Acts text really well, where you get the nice line, if they held all things in common, uh, because that's that vision of what it looks like uh, in this this community where Jesus makes us to belong. Amen. Amen. I like it. I like it. Boom. I found good news. Way to go. Way to go. What are you listening to? Matt, it's been 10 years. Well, I want to start with this, saying this. Everybody listening to this podcast knows that it's, it's six things, really, right? It's uh, uh, epidemiology, it's NBA jam, it is music, gospel, local weather, and it's a Fiona Apple fan podcast. Uh, <laughs> Look, that's, I also wrote down Fiona Apple. Oh, Look right there. Uh, we, I, I loved, I loved Fiona Apple when she was big, when I was like in middle school. Uh, she kind of fell off the radar, but then came back on for me through 826 LA uh, with that uh, Chicken Love album where she recorded the first track. And it's really good. Like, it's really good. Uh, and I knew the new album was coming out, but then I was a little surprised, you know, that Pitchfork gave it its first like perfect 10 uh, in 10 years since uh, Kanye's uh, Dark Twisted Fantasy. Um, and this album is perfect for this week, Matt. I think if you're going to preach on the gospel, uh, on the lectionary, because for me, I think this is Jesus uh, tearing down the walls. Right. And, and this album that is a perfect 10, according to Pitchfork, four and a half stars on on Rolling Stone is called fetch the bolt cutters. Uh, And you should read, you should read the review on Pitchfork because it's a really good review as well. Um, 
uh, Jim Pelly wrote it. I'm going to quote it just a hair of it. Uh, it happens to most of us at an early age, the realization that life will not follow a straight path uh, towards fulfillment. Instead, life spirals. The game is rigged. Power corrupts. And society is, in a word, uh, bullshit. Did it teach you to bury your pain, to let it calcify, to build a gate around your heart that quiets the reaches of your one and only voice? Well, then fetch the bolt cutters. Uh, right? This, that was a great for opening paragraph uh, to, the, to the review. And that's what the song is about, fetch the bolt cutters. Uh, it's time to cut those uh, chains off of our hearts uh, in terms of who we let in, but also in terms of letting ourselves out, which is certainly Fiona's uh, perspective. There's another great track. I don't want to step all over it. I'll, uh, I'll comment on yours if you, if you talk about Fiona. But uh, Under the Table is a good one. <laughs> where she's basically like at a dinner party she didn't want to go to. And she's like, I don't care how many times you kick me. Uh, I'm not going to be quiet <laughs> under the table. Um, it's really good. Uh, new album also coming from Magnetic Fields. I think I put it on there a couple of weeks ago. Um, but there's, this is about belonging and their recent, most recent single that they dropped. It's called I Want to Join a Biker Gang, <laughs> which is just as fun and delightful and playful and serious as all magnetic field stuff is. We're a little arc housey here. Uh, but last Matt from Mount Joy, I'm putting Sheep on to the playlist, uh, which is a song I always forget about because there's blood on the street of streets of Baltimore. Kids are getting ready for a long war. Maybe I was born in the wrong skin, but those sheep are rolling in the mud again. It's a very catchy song. Very poppy. Awesome. Well done. Way to steal. Hi, Fiona Apple. What a great, like, that moment when you come up with a good phrase, like, fetch the bolt cutters. I mean, yeah. right? <laughs> there are, like, it's five just... dogs who are listed in the credits on the album. <laughs> That's amazing. I'm only starting to dive into the full, the fullness of the album, uh, which is really good. But just, It's not, uh, like, an easy listen. Does... Like, you put it on, and you're like, oh, this is a great album. Like, yeah, it, you gotta... Yeah. There's a lot going on. There's a lot going on, but it's but you're you're right. That title track is perfect for it this week. It's perfect for this week. Uh, but go check it out, dear people of God. Um, what else uh, am I going to put in there? A song I've been listening to: Mandolin, Orange, Belly of the Beast. Mm. I'll throw that on there. Uh, as we think about the uh, thieves, <laughs> thieves and bandits. I can't remember exactly why I want to put that on there. There's stuff about monsters, but really, I just like the way it sounds. Uh, and then. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> we were, we've been listening to Willie Nelson uh, because W is the letter of the week. Oh yeah, and uh, and then he was on uh, Fallon the other night doing with his sons uh, the song "Hello Walls," which is pretty hilariously perfect for this time. How things go for Hello Windows? How things go for you today? Uh, it's just a really a perfect song uh, for shelter in place. Uh, Willie Nelson, Hello Walls, Hello Gates. It still fits. It's good stuff. A lot of good music for your quarantine playlist. You see uh, Randy Newman's single love song that he wrote? No. It's called Stay Away From Me. It's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we did it, Matt. Squeeze some, some good news out of, this, uh, out of this gospel. Link the NBA conversation in bidet talk so <laughs> well there's only another month of this documentary so you can get more <laughs> we gotta get the LA Times dude on it's <laughs> gonna be great <laughs> 
Good stuff. It's been real. Real vinyl.